1: I want to thank Pastor Quinton for letting me speak to you this morning because it really is a privilege and an honor for me to be able to speak to so many new people in the church. You know, I put my heart and soul into serving here in this church, and I've been away for a while. And Jesus told me when I left, I knew growth was going to happen, but he told me when I left that it was going to be good for me and the church when I left, that growth was going to happen. And so for me to come back, And see that prayer fulfilled, and see that promise fulfilled, is a huge honor and a blessing to me. So I want to thank y'all for being here today, because it really is an answer to prayer. And so, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Ethan Murray. I'm a missionary with Mountain Gateway. Uh, I've been living in Guatemala for the past year, studying Spanish. Y ahora puedo hablar español. I've been speaking Spanish. I've developed a love for the language. Right, and I've, um, I've spent the past year also doing missions in Mexico, Guatemala, as well as Nicaragua. And you guys remember Jacob Hancock? He came and spoke to you all a little bit about the crusades that are happening out there. Thousands of people coming to salvation, miracles happening. And I've had the great pleasure of also working with, alongside Jacob in those crusades, um, as well as going to some of the villages out in the towns that really didn't get to go and hear the gospel preached there. Um, And I think I got a picture for you guys up here. This is me and one of my teammates. And this is a house in Nicaragua that we went to. And this uh, lady in the red there, she had heard a gospel message as a young girl, maybe said a sinner's prayer, but never really followed the Lord. And when we went and preached here, she, uh, she actually ended up giving her life to Christ and encountering Jesus in a really powerful way at one of the church services that we had out in her village. And so I want to thank you guys who, who support me. You know, this church is a big supporter of me. We couldn't go and preach if you guys didn't, if you guys didn't have a hand in the kingdom. And so I want to thank you guys for uh, for your part that you played. <laughs> but again, for you guys that don't know me, this is my home church. Right? This is where I got spiritually fed as a new believer. And I want to share with you guys a little bit of my testimony and my process and my calling as a and Hopefully talk to you guys a little bit more about, about what a calling is and, and how that affects us here up in Maine. I didn't grow up a Christian. You know, I grew up in Coventry, England and for the first part of my life, um, um, you know, we, we never went to church, right? My parents don't know, don't know Christ yet, we're still praying for that, but we never really went to church and as a young teen my parents got divorced and I moved with my mother up here to Maine. And I went to high school up here, and like many youth, I fell into the trap of drugs and alcohol. And it really dominated my life for, for quite a while, and it eventually led to my leaving a school. And so after I left school, I began to seek out something more to life. Right? I knew that there was something more, I just didn't know what I was seeking. And in my seeking, it led me to the practice of all sorts of different religions and and ideas, theologies. And it was somebody that I was practicing these religions alongside of that first encountered God, got miraculously saved, and then came and told me that I needed to repent. And now this confused me. Because one minute we we were practicing all these different religions, and the next minute they're talking about Jesus. And it tore me up inside. I didn't know how to feel about it. And so I remember there was about three days where I drove around in my car. And I, I didn't sleep. I didn't eat. I did perhaps the most drugs I've ever done in my life. I'll be honest with you, I don't remember much of the drive. But I remember I drove by this church. And I knew inside of me that they had this big cross out back. I just knew that I needed to stop the car. And I stumbled my way to the cross. And when I encountered the cross, the power of God impacted me so powerfully that I couldn't stand anymore. It wasn't in a weird way. I just, a sinner like me had encountered Christ and I couldn't stand on my own two feet. And so I fell to my knees. And I told Jesus, I need to give you my life. I saw him for who he was. I saw all the love and all the authority of God. I said, Jesus, I need to give you my life. And he asked me the question. He said, Ethan, the first time I heard heard him audibly, he said, Ethan, are you sure? And that was the first day that I said yes to God. And the power of God hit me. And it was like the spiritual blinders had been taken off. It was as if I could see things I'd never seen before. I could see the influences in my life really for what they were and, and, it, and it changed me. I encountered Jesus at the cross that day. It was the worthiness of Christ that drew me to the cross and it was the love of Christ that saved me. And ever since that day, it's been evident that there's been a calling on my life. You know, I couldn't pass anybody without telling them of how I met Jesus. Now, there wasn't one person I could... I, I was the crazy guy in town, right? Talking to people about Jesus. And people knew me, right? They knew my process. And all of a sudden, Ethan's gone off the rails and he starts talking about Jesus to everybody. But that was my calling. I found no other satisfaction other than when I was preaching the gospel or spending time in the place of prayer. And now, so often we can look at this word calling and, and confuse it and apply it solely to the church. But it's my belief that everybody in the body of Christ has a calling first to God through salvation and then next to some sort of purpose. You don't have to be in the church to go tell somebody about Jesus. You don't have to be in the church to reflect the nature of Christ. Amen? Amen. And you see, everything has a purpose. Right? A car is made with a purpose in mind. Right? People didn't create a car for no purpose. You know, it, its purpose is to drive. If it didn't fulfill its purpose, what's it there for? And, and we see in Genesis that God created the sun and the moon and the stars and, and all those things. They all serve a purpose. You know, God didn't just put trees on the earth because they look pretty and he wants to spruce the place up a little bit. <laughs> they serve a purpose. And likewise, when God created man, He had a specific purpose in mind. So if we believe that we're made in the image of God, then we must believe that we also have a purpose. We also have a calling. And Adam and Eve, the first people, they had a calling from God, first to God himself, and then to subdue the earth, populate it, and take care of it. You see, their call wasn't to the church, because there wasn't any people yet. So I don't think we should apply this word calling solely to the church if the first people that were called weren't even called to the church. Their first calling was to God. And so your calling might look different than my calling. You know, some people are called to be missionaries, and some people are called to be politicians. There's some people called to business to fund the kingdom. I couldn't do what I do. Church couldn't happen without people funding the kingdom. Right? It, doesn't, it doesn't just happen miraculously. And so there are people that are called to that. That's a specific call-in. That's a special calling. Some people are called to be a father or a mother. They're called to be a good spouse in the home to raise godly men and women of God. Some people are called to influence the community. It doesn't have to be in a church. I want to I say that a calling, if I can break it down for you, is simply this. A calling is our God-given purpose for our lives. I say it again. A calling is simply a God-given purpose for our lives. However that may look, we all have a role in the kingdom. And not everyone's called to the church, but everybody's called to something. And this was something that I felt early on in my salvation. Right? I knew I was called, but I had no idea where my calling was. The only thing I knew that I was first called to God in intimacy and then to some sort of work in the ministry. My calling was for the ministry. And so I began to look for a church. I still didn't have a church to go to yet. I didn't know any other Christians other than this one person been saved two days before I was. And, yeah. and so we were looking for community. And we started looking at all these other churches um, up and down the mid-coast until a house church that I was going to told me about the anchor. And immediately there was something different about this place than other churches I had been to. See, I felt the Holy Spirit here, and, and it drew me in. But in my process, I was still going to a couple different churches and then kind of throwing Anchor Church in the mix. And it wasn't until one Sunday that Q pulled me aside and told me I needed to stop church hopping, right? I needed to stop going to all these different churches, and I needed to find a place where God wanted me to place my roots, Right, if I was ever to grow in the ministry and grow in my calling, I needed a place to place my roots. And he told me it doesn't matter if it's in this church or a different church as long as I go where God's calling me to go. And then, then that touched me. Y'all need to know I still didn't trust people yet. Right? I had trust issues. But it touched me that this man and this church cared more about growing the body of Christ than they did the population of the congregation. And so through leading of the Holy Spirit, I decided to make the Anchor Church my home. And after a couple of years of serving here at the Anchor Church, I served in kids ministry, I served in youth ministry, I was going to all the discipleship classes like Cultivate and being a part of a small group, Pastor Quinton told me about Mountain Gateway. And he, he approached me the idea that I would go and get more training in the ministry. I still didn't know I was called to missions yet, but I prayed about it. And again, through leading of the Holy Spirit, I decided to join Mountain Gateway Academy. And it was at a baptism service in Mexico that I felt the call to missions. I felt the call to preach the gospel, disciple the people, and work in the mission field. And you all need to know that I don't do what I do for the money. I I don't do what I do because I get to be the guy that comes up here and speaks to all you wonderful people on Sunday. I don't do it for the travel. I do what I do, Because God put a fire in my bones to preach the gospel. I do what I do because I'm called to do it. And it's my heart. Y'all hear this. It's my heart to bring Maine further into this calling. Further into missions. I believe there's something very special about Maine. You see, I've had the great pleasure of visiting a lot of churches in the inside the United States and outside of the United States. And nothing quite has what Maine has. That's something, it confuses me sometimes. <laughs> right, y'all confuse me. <laughs> but there's something very special about Maine. And it's my heart, because this is my home, to draw Maine further into missions. God might call me home one day to work more locally. You know, kind in, ba- in the back of my mind, I hope that he does, because I-, I love this church. But it's my heart to bring this church further into missions, because this is my home. And whilst there's many people in the room that I don't know, and you don't know me, this is my family. I'll consider you all my family. And like in every family, each person has a role to play. Each person has a calling first to be a part of that family and then to some sort of purpose in the family. So parents have a purpose to be responsible for the home. The homeowner needs to be responsible for the home. They're the spiritual authority of the home. That's a calling, that's a responsibility. Kids have a calling to do chores, go to school, all, all that kind of stuff. And I, ho- I hope that they do. I hope they do in your home. Because I want kids one day, and I want them to do that. Cho- I want them to be obedient, right? So I start praying now. Yeah. And we're praying into that. Y'all pray with me, right? Yeah. <laughs> I believe that everybody in the body, like in a family, has a calling, has a role to play in the kingdom. I want to share with you guys just a couple of scriptures as to why I believe this to be true. Now, the first scripture I want to share with you is 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. I'm going to read it over here. It says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people but now are the people of God, who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. There's a couple things that I want to focus on in this scripture, the first of which being this word chosen. Now, in the Greek translation, this word chosen is eklektos. It's a hard word to say, but eklektos. Now, this word designates one picked out for a special service or privilege. Now, I don't believe that there's anybody in the kingdom that is exempt from either these privileges, which is all the fullness or the blessings of God, or these services, which is the work, which is your purpose. And so, the second thing that I want to focus on is that we see believers like ourselves called a royal priesthood and a holy nation. He's talking about a people who were once not a people, but are now the people of God. He's talking about the church, he's talking about those who have come to Christ, which includes the Gentile believers. And so we see these people who are now a part of the family and promises of God that God gave to the Israelites, and we see that all the promise that God gave to them are now applicable by faith to us. You see, Galatians states that we are sons of God through faith in Christ, and that if we are Christ's, then we are Abraham's seed and heirs to the promise. I think it's vital to understand that we see ourselves in this way, that we're not only saved but we are made children and a chosen people with responsibilities and privileges if we're ever going to walk fully into our calling and take ownership of our responsibility in the kingdom. Now, the second scripture I want to read is Second Timothy 1.9. It says this, it says, God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Now, if I were to ask how many in the room know that we're saved, I imagine that quite a few of us would say yes. But if I were to ask the question, how many of us know that we're called, I would imagine that the the response, that the answer might be a little bit different. Now, God has not only saved us, as we see in the Scripture, but has called us to a holy calling. And many in the body know that they're saved, but don't know that they're called. Many know that they're called, but don't know to what, and that's okay. Many know to what, but they don't know how to walk it out. And so, But I'm telling you today, church, that God has a holy calling for your life, that we are a chosen people and a royal priesthood set apart to seek him and walk hand in hand with God in the family business, and that it's vital that we see ourselves in that way that we have this change of perspective about our identity in Christ if we're ever going to walk fully into our calling. Now, another verse that backs this up is Ephesians 2.10, right? It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, this is something that excites me right here because God prepared before we were made a calling specifically to each one of us that we should walk in. So our callings are uniquely designed for us. As the mission guy, this excites me, right? Because like, I'm an evangelist at heart, right? I, go, I love to go and tell people about Jesus. And oftentimes when I'm speaking to people about Jesus, I hear the question, well, well what's the purpose of everything? What's the point of everything? Why are we here? And you know, we hear this question a lot and sometimes it can be hard to answer that. But y'all, this is the answer to that question. Why are we here? It is to fulfill our God-given purpose, our God-given calling, because God prepared beforehand the works that we should do. God prepared beforehand a calling for each and every one of us in this room. That's the answer to that question. Why are we here? To fulfill our purpose. And like a fish in water or a bird in the air, we will find no greater joy than when we say yes to the calling that God has on our lives. Now that's not to say that there won't be pushback. In fact, we can almost expect it. Right, when it was time for me to fly to Texas for Mountain Gateway, man, I had a plan. Right, I was gonna leave the next morning out of Portland, Maine, and I was gonna fly to Texas and I was gonna be hunky-dory. I had my ducks in a row and I felt good. And then my flight got canceled last minute. And the only other flight that I could find was one that left Boston at four o'clock the next morning. And so I called a friend. They came and picked me up and took me to Portland. I got on a bus from Portland, slept in the airport in Boston. And as I was standing in the check-in line in the next morning, I felt this sickness come over me. My vision went blurry, and I felt like I was going to pass out. I never felt anything like it before. I knew it was a devil. But what I did is I began to put one step in front of the other towards the calling that which I knew I was called to. I began to call on the name of Jesus and the sickness left. Now I tell you this to say that when we pursue God and the calling that he has for us, that we best believe that the devil's gonna come against it. Right, the devil doesn't mind us going to church on Sunday. He doesn't mind us reading a little scripture here and there. But when we start pursuing God with fervency and stepping into the calling which we're called, then the devil gets scared. And he'll start attacking the very thing that we're called into to make us think that logically we can't give to God what he's asking us to give. And I think many people in the church mistake this for, I guess it's not God's timing, right? Or, well, something might come up in our lives and and that may hinder the call of God. And we go, well, when this happens and this happens and this happens, then I'll step into my calling. Then I'll start following God. But I promise you this, if we continue in pursuit of God and the calling that he has for us, God gives us the strength to continue pursuing him and to resist the devil, right? If we're called to give, then the devil might attack our finances. You say, devil, watch this. I'm going to give anyway. You know, we might be called to witness and the devil might try to make us scared. Or like we don't have the words. We say, devil, watch this. I'm going to go speak anyway. You know, we might be called to worship. Worship in the church, and the devil might attack our mood. I might be mad with somebody. I don't want to worship right now. The devil, watch this. I'm going to worship. And we watch the hand of God come over our lives. Because when we pursue God, he responds. When we walk righteously, he responds. You know, he's a good father and wants to bless his children. Amen? Amen. See, we aren't in this fight alone. The Bible says that he goes before us like a mighty shield and that God will walk alongside us every step of our calling. See, God makes room for our purpose and he will provide us with everything that we need for that purpose. I want to share with y'all a quick praise testimony. It wasn't in my notes, but my car broke in Texas, right? And I didn't have a car to come back up here and somebody I don't know, a group of people I don't know in Alabama just bought me a truck. Man, that's God making room for the purpose right there. It's something that he's continuing to teach me, that I can trust him, that he'll make a way that I don't need to lean on my own understanding or my own strength. Because the scripture says that he'll never leave or forsake us, and his word is a lamp unto our feet. So it's not the desire of God for us to walk out this calling alone. In fact, he'll often call us into things that we can't handle without him. we, We just need to look at the life of David, Right, David was called into things impossible for him to face alone. Like we find David as a shepherd boy tending a few sheep, and God calls him to be king of Israel. You know, it was under, under David's rule that Judah and Israel really started to come together too. Like from a shepherd to one of the greatest kings in history, seems like an impossible calling. But like we read in the scripture, David was chosen. Right, The Lord had handpicked David for that role in the kingdom. And like he handpicked David, he's handpicked us for the purpose that he's given us. Now, during David's walk with the Lord, there was one thing that David sought above all else. Now, This is David's secret. David sought the presence of God. It would have been incredibly difficult for David to walk out his calling without his devotion to abiding in the place of prayer, to abiding in the presence of God. See, David understood that without God, he couldn't accomplish his calling to be king of Israel. And he also understood that as much as he was called to be king, he was also called to intimacy. You see, the secret to the kingdom, this is something I found in my life. That this, is, this is the secret. Now, this is the key that unlocks everything. It's the presence of God. Right? The Bible says, Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and everything else will fall into place. That everything else includes our calling. He said, I believe that from what I've read and what I've seen and from what I've heard in my experience, that a lot of people that fall short of their calling do so because they stop seeking the presence of God. Britt Hancock, the founder of Mountain Gateway, he has a saying, if you don't pray, you don't stay. And what this means is simply, it means if you stop seeking the presence of God, that it will more than likely become incredibly difficult for us to continue walking out our calling and our purpose in the, in, in the fullest way that we possibly can. You see, how we find our calling, some of us might not know where our calling is, but how we find our calling, how we fulfill and walk it out are simply found by abiding with God in the place of prayer. It's the presence of God. That's where our strength and our fervency comes from. Everything we need to fulfill our God-given purpose Spending time in the place of prayer, fasting, reading the word. And really it's kind of simple. <laughs> but but it has eternal impact in this life and the next life. Because when we when we intentionally seek God with a heart of expectancy, He meets us right where we are. And He'll call us deeper and deeper into Him. Right? When the presence of God is the first thing that we seek in our lives, we automatically walk out our calling. It doesn't become difficult anymore. When we spend time in the place of prayer and in the presence of God, it, the pushbacks are still there. The devil still comes against it. And man, things just become easier because you know that you're not in it alone, because you know that he goes before you, because he, you know that he'll never leave and forsake you, and that it becomes tangible. It's all good to hear that, but if that's not tangible for you, it's difficult to believe it. I and mean, that's found in the presence of God. You know, I mentioned earlier going home to home in Nicaragua, and I've had the great pleasure of working with many pastors out there in Nicaragua, but there was one, one thing that a pastor said to me that really touched me. It changed my life. You know, we went, we went down there to minister to them, but oftentimes I find out that they end up <laughs> ministering to me and teaching me things. I was I was sitting with this man and we were having a conversation and he began to tell me of how he wakes up at 3 a.m. every morning because he wants to spend time in the presence of God. Because he wants to be somebody that people see God on him. And that that sparked something in me. I began to look at my own life and my own devotions. And whilst I wasn't doing anything inherently bad, I man, there was something lacking. You know, I lacked this focused devotion to the presence of God. And so I consistently began to spend time in the place of prayer. I get up at 5 o'clock every morning. I didn't do 3, but, you know, (laughs) I did 5 o'clock. I was sleeping a little bit. And I began to intentionally spend time seeking God. And I found a change in my life. When I would preach in some some of these villages, I didn't always have to prepare a message. Sometimes you don't have time to prepare a message. It just... You're speaking. Go tell them about Jesus. I found the scriptures in my heart. I found the scriptures in my brain. I didn't. It it shocked me. I said, I didn't know. I I didn't know. I knew this. (laughs) Man, that's the presence of God. See, when we are consistently spending time with God, it's impossible not to be changed. Moses climbed a mountain to go spend time in the presence of God, and the Bible says that when he got back down, his face shone because the glory of the Lord was on him. I don't know about y'all. Remember, I want to be one of those people that spends so much time in the presence of God that people can see the glory of the Lord on me and it draws them, it draws them in. I want to be one of those people that people see and they say, that guy's been with Jesus. That guy's walking in his calling. And that's only found in the presence of God. Only found in the presence of God. And now before I close, I want to read to you guys the scripture in 2 Timothy one more time. And I want to read on a little further because I think it's important. It says, God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Now, y'all, this is the gospel. Man, that through Christ, we are both saved and called, first to himself, and then to our purpose and through the shed blood of Christ, Jesus made a way back to the Father, that we are made children of God, born again into a family so that we might abide in the presence of God, knowing that our sins are forgiven and that there is no greater joy than when we are walking out our holy calling. Now, you guys, church, I'm I'm my family. And as I have a desire to see my family in the natural come to the fullness of God, I also have a desire that we, as a spiritual family, would walk hand in hand, shoulder to shoulder, shield to shield, in faith, into the calling which we've been called. And so my call for this church today, for us this morning, for me myself, is that like the disciples of old, that we would lay down our nets, that we would leave the tax collector booth, we would lay everything down at the feet of Jesus and we would walk into the fullness of God, first to himself and then to the world. So if you would, would you stand to your feet so I can pray for you? Father, we thank you for your presence in the house this morning. God, we thank you for your goodness and for your faithfulness. Lord, we thank you for salvation. If there's anybody in the congregation that has not come to salvation, God, we thank you that the opportunity is here this morning. Jesus, we pray that you would touch them and that you would draw them in. God, would your presence shine on each and every single one of us in this church this morning and would it draw people into you, God? Would you help us come to the fullness that you have for us in both the privileges and the services? Would you help us to see ourselves in a new way, to see ourselves as God's chosen people And would you reveal to us our holy calling? Jesus, we choose to bless you this morning. We choose to give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.
0: Come on, y'all give Ethan a hand today. Wasn't that so good? Yeah. Hey, I'm going to put him on the spot. He doesn't know I'm about to do this, but, but, but I, but I actually want Ethan to tell you quickly uh, about really the first conversation that he and I ever had I was basically out there just greeting people and telling people goodbye we were transition service and, and Ethan went out to the car with the young lady that uh, first told him that he needed to repent or he was going to go to hell that that gal and uh, anyway so so they here I, I look at basically across the parking lot and here they come walking back towards me you know what I'm talking about and, and he asked me a question so I want him, some of you guys already know this but but I want to make a point here so tell them about that conversation
1: so I have to preference it with my beliefs at the time. So when, when I got saved and I first got a Bible and fell in love with the Word, somebody told me to go read in John, which is a fantastic place to start the Bible if you've never read it before. I didn't trust him. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read from Genesis because it's written this way for a reason. And so I, I had not read the New Testament yet. I had read the first five books of the Bible and I everything that I read, I took his truth and I began to practice it. So I I got saved, I instantly became a Pharisee, right? I stopped eating bacon, I stopped eating shellfish, I was judging people, all that kind of stuff. And and me and this girl was sitting in the car and we were reading, I think it's Peter's vision in John, about about the food, Acts. There we go, thank you. (laughs) I gotta read my Bible more. But, and we came, we came to this vision and we were debating what it means. And she says, we can eat bacon again, we can eat shellfish again, look at it. I said, no, 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 it's talking about people, it's talking about the Gentiles. And so we saw Q standing outside the church, you know, we'll go ask the pastor, he might know And, and reluctantly, <laughs> walked up to Pastor Quentin and asked him what it means. And he told me that I could eat bacon again, <laughs> and I could eat shellfish again. I mean, I felt the glory of the Lord came through the clouds that morning. I mean, oh, I got saved again that day. I got born again again. (laughs) You know, that's uh, a really, uh, that's a fun story. And, and, you know, I joke about it a lot. I've told it a few times and, and it's a great story to tell. I like it. But really, something really deeper happened that day. Right? I got set free from a lot of legalism that day. And, and I really started to trust this man. I don't think I've told you this. <laughs> Put him on the spot now. <laughs> but I, I really had a hard time trusting people when I first got saved. But little by little, <laughs> I began to trust this man and it was at that moment that, that the Lord really touched my heart for him and said, so, look, other people know Jesus too. <laughs> you you can trust what he has to say. I don't want you to come under him, so.
0: Yeah. So so here's why I wouldn't tell the story other than the fact that it's funny, right? Is uh, cuz who don't like bacon? Come on, Jesus. Um man, if I if I knew that's all it took to get somebody to trust me, I would just talk about I'd just preach on bacon every week. I, anyways, he, here's why I say that is because you know, as you heard his story this morning, uh, I think in many ways he represents a lot of people that are in our region. Very much a, a hopeless person that was wandering, looking for significance, you know, felt like they were a million miles away from God, and yet God came and knocked on his door. And, and to go even, you know, coming in, even though it wasn't all... You know, his theology wasn't perfect. Things weren't all right. Uh, to to fast forward, you know, three and a half, four years to what you saw today is incredible. And and the reason I'm saying this because I want you to see what Jesus can do in someone's life when they simply say uh, with a wholehearted, "Yes, I'm yours." And so you, you know, listen, wherever you're at today, uh, man, th- there's more. There's more, right? So, so give him your yes. I'm going to show you this scripture just because, as he was preaching, um, I think it just kind of brings it together. I want to share it? Here we go. Jeremiah chapter 29. He says, "For I know the thoughts that I think towards you," says the Lord, "thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope." How many of you guys know that that when even before he knelt down at that cross in Dearmuscada, that God already had a, a plan for his life, right? And then it says this though, because everybody God has a plan for your life but but here's where things shift for us. it says then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. here's the the greatest promise in my opinion outside salvation It says and you will seek me and find me get that God said when you seek me you will find me when you search for me with all your heart I will be found by you says the Lord. To to understand that it is impossible to pursue God and to seek God and not find Him. Amen? And I believe to his point that he was preaching today about when he got to the presence, so many people, 87% of the church doesn't know their purpose. And so to understand that the very thing that unlocks the door so people get to know the purpose is to seek Him. is to find Him. It's not about church. It's not about religion. It's not about rules. It's about walking with Jesus. Amen? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for him, okay? We're going to pray for Ethan. We're going to lay hands on him according to the scripture. And uh, this is a young man that we have sent out from this house. So we want to get behind him. This is family. We want to support him and what God's doing. Because even though we think, okay, he's in another country, man, we go with him. Right? Because we're in the same body. Amen? So if you can, stretch out your hands. Let's pray for this young man. Father, we thank you today for Ethan. God, we thank you for the transformation, God, that you brought in his life. Father, we've truly seen him almost like a a launching pad, God, over the past few years, God, where, where he got a foundation in Jesus. But Lord, you have launched him, God, to where he's at today. God, yes, there's a hunger. Yes, there's a passion. Yes, there's a fire that burns. Yes, there's a desire to go and do whatever you want him to do. But Lord, we're asking today, God, as a spiritual family, God, for an increase of wisdom, an increase of anointing, and increase of vision. God, we pray for favor upon his life, Father. Favor, favor, favor in Jesus' name. Father, we ask that you would open the windows of heaven over his life. God, provide everything that he needs. Father, we thank you for divine protection. God, today we plead the blood of Jesus over his life. Father, we thank you that as he goes into these other nations, God, some of them are very dangerous. Lord, we ask, God, that you would watch over him and keep him safe. Father, we pray literally that your shield would go before him, God, that the the fire and the cloud, God, would go with him. And Lord, we pray that you would open his eyes to see things that he's never seen, open his ears to hear things he's never seen. God, we ask for fresh revelation today in Jesus' name. God, that when he opens up his mouth, God, that you would speak boldly through him. And God, that as he speaks, Lord, that literally that demonic strongholds would be broken, that people's eyes would be open their ears would be open and their hearts would be transformed. God, we thank you that you said that blessed and beautiful are the feet of those who go and preach the gospel. And so Lord, today we honor him as our brother. We honor him as a man of God. We honor him as a missionary that's called to the nations. And Lord, we just simply bless him today and say that we're grateful. Thank you for meeting every one of his needs. Lord, you know his heart's desires, God, down to the very detail, the smallest details. And Father, we thank you for meeting those. God, you you knew he needed a truck, and God, you gave him a truck. Lord, we know that that's the thing that he prayed for, looking for a solution and answer God going okay how are we going to do this financially Lord we thank you just as you provided in that God you can provide all things and so Lord today once again as a church family we say thank you and we bless this brother in Jesus and we pray amen 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 thank you for joining us today be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor Have a great week and God bless.